Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Two Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV this hour. Brought to you by our dear friends at Birch Orthodontics, where the new year will see my youngest son fitted for braces and my oldest removing braces. All from Birch Orthodontics. Yay, Birch Orthodontics always, and we thank her and that great staff for their support. Ira, take it away. It's a circle of braces life. Yeah. One one gets them on, one takes them off. It, yeah. uh the circle that my kids went through as well at Birch Orthodontics. If you are in Tallahassee or Leon County, uh, it's it's really the only place to get your orthodontic work for you or your kids. It's never too late. You can get orthodontic work later in life as well. They do great work. Uh, the Invisalign, regular traditional braces in different colors, uh, great customer service, payment plans, free consultations. Uh, you, you'd be uh, foolish to go anywhere else. BirchOrthodontics.com is our website and call today and they'll set up a free consultation for you. Corey, I got to give you credit for wearing the champion sweatshirt today. Going old school, buddy. Yeah. So my kid has a Brady has a champion hoodie that he wears all the time. So I thought it would be funny if I bought one for myself, and then we could go as twins to certain things just to try to embarrass him in front of his friends. I was going to say, you know, say, the, he he's not a big fan of it. In the Braves sweatshirt that I wear all the time, the World Series one that I got like a month or two ago, I bought him one of those as well. So we got two chances to go as twins. He's not a fan of either one. Double the fun, I'm yeah. sure. I just uh, want to be the dad that embarrasses him. And dresses, to- and dresses like his 13-year-old. Hey, man. <laughs> What's the matter with that? Hey, hey, you took shots at my address <laughs> I did. To, to, my, to my daughter on New Yeah, Year's that's Eve, true. So I told, Hey, Jeff, you'll appreciate this. I told uh, Ira's daughter, Alexa, who's very talented, very talented screenwriter in the film school at Florida State, or will be. Film school, right? She's in theater school. Theater but- school. I was like, when you make a ton of money in Hollywood writing these scripts, can you get your dad a new wardrobe? Just, just, just a few grand, a few grand to change it out a little bit. Ira wears what's appropriate for Ira to wear. Like I think that's <laughs> his shirt is his. That mean like if Ira was game. Gonna... This was this was like two days after everybody gave Corey grief for wearing a Salt Life T-shirt when he's never. He I don't know when the last time Corey's been fishing was, on a was, boat. 
How did you end up with a Salt Life shirt anyhow? I bought it as a joke. Apparently all my Christmas gifts were to be a joke. But yeah, I like the way it fit. But yes, I was like, this will be funny if I wear a Salt Life shirt up to Corner Pocket. This I'll, I'll, I'll have conversations that I know nothing about. But it's fun. It'll be fun. It'll be a good conversation starter. All right, let's get to the questions. Here we go. Let's start with Facebook. Uh, if you had to rank the football programs in the state of Florida, where does FSU currently stand? Where do you see us in three to five years? That's from Ryan. Hmm. Programs? I think they're all tied for first or all tied for last, however you want to look at it. Well, okay. It's an interesting question because Florida's going through changes. They did just beat us on the field yet again. Uh, so, but, yeah. but, but, that, but they looked like crap doing it. They looked like crap in their bowl game. I really felt like they – Florida State lost that game more than Florida won it. And the guy who won them that game, I, I don't even know. We, we're not even 100% sure their quarterback, if, if he's the future for them. They have a new coaching staff. The players, I just thought the, the lack of discipline in that team, which was on display again in their bowl game, they've got a lot of problems there. So even just the fact that they've been beating Florida State doesn't mean that they're on a much more solid footing as a program than Florida State. Uh, if we're doing the projections for three years from now, I feel pretty good. I hear you, Ira. I'm just saying if we were going to submit a, a ranking at this point, how many years in a row has Florida State lost to Florida and Florida had better players on that field on that Saturday? Right. I would have to put Florida ahead of Florida State in the immediate. In the future, I'm like you. I lean towards Florida State. I'm sure Florida fans would beg to differ given that they're excited about their new coach. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Recruiting class-wise, obviously, Florida State feels pretty excited. Where are you at? Where are you guys at with Miami? And where are you at with UCF? Don't get me started on UCF. But I, I, I do – Miami probably feels the best because they. I'm sure they believe in their head coach, but we'll see. We'll see well, if he believe can crack in the billionaire that's donating to the cause. Uh, we'll see if he can crack the code uh, that has been lost for 20 years um, down there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, they just lost to Florida State, though. So, I don't know. Um, I guess they feel better. They can probably think that that was a fluke loss. Um, I don't think that. I, again, I, they're all even. It's coming down the stretch, man. You, you can say that Florida's a little bit ahead of Florida State or Miami's a little bit ahead of Florida State. The point of the matter is nobody's leaps and bounds ahead of either any of them. Nobody's lapped the other. You're, you're in the race with, with all of them. Well, yeah, that's why it was still important that they do well. That's why so, peop, so many people were excited that it was an opportunity for Florida State to spring ahead because Florida's in a state of disarray, in flux at the very least. So is Miami. Florida State had stability within the coaching ranks and an opportunity to seize a recruiting class that would separate them. They still had a good recruiting class, but it's not the one they thought they were going to have. And I think that's why people were wringing their hands. But to your point, Corey, yes, uh, the, the, the stretch between one, two, and three is very marginal, to say the least. Yes. Yeah, I think the, the advantage Florida State right now has is continuity and consistency and the fact that they've got a staff that's been in place for a couple of years to move forward. But kind of going back to the same comment we made before we were talking about with the portal, part of the excitement about the portal is the unknown. And so for, if you're a Miami fan or a Florida fan, you're excited because maybe Cristobal is the answer to all their problems. If you're a Florida fan, Maybe uh, this guy kind of takes you to a different level that, that you didn't think you were going to get to with Dan Mullen. For a Florida State fan, you're like, okay, we're in the middle of this process, so there is something positive about the fact that the staff's been together for a couple of years. On the other side, you haven't seen a ton to feel like you've made any kind of major headway to step apart. So I, I'm with Corey. I think they're all kind of at a pretty level spot. It would have been nice if Florida State could have capitalized on, 
what's going on at Miami the last year in Florida. Uh, but we haven't seen a result of that yet. Michael writes, can Noel Nation make a resolution to stop saying fire Norvell? But for real, what do you guys think we should do specifically in regards to the NIL? Because to me, teams like Alabama, Texas A&M, and Georgia simply just give money and put them in commercials. Just Jeff, Jeff has said for years, cheat before people even knew what NIL was. And Corey supports pain. So specifically what, how, the mechanisms, et cetera. What does Florida State do to give themselves a chance in the NIL? I, I, real quick, I would just say there's two, there's two different steps to this. A first big one is something happen, has to happen with legislation. You know, we have to understand that Florida, the state of Florida, and a few other states are operating a different um, standard or different policies than the rest of the country. Different set of rules. Yeah, Florida has a, a law on the books right now where the, 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 the university can't be part of the process. Like FSU as a university, the coaching staff, they can't help set up NIL deals. They can uh, give some guidance. They can help out in, in some cir- some circumstances after the deal's in place, but they can't actually say that, hey, Jordan Travis, here's a deal for you. Whereas a lot of these schools in states that don't have a law, because the NCAA just threw up their hands at the end of last summer, they can do that. So they can say, hey, you know, here's, here's a deal. Here's a deal with this dealership. Uh, you're going to make this much money. Now, they can't use it in recruiting right now. Nobody officially can use it in recruiting right now, whether you're in Florida or Texas or anywhere else. But we all know that, you know, look, I mean, that's that's probably happening. Um, so the, the first part of it is a law has to be put in place in Florida to open it up like these other states. Or if a national law gets on the books to where everybody has to go by the same procedures, that's one step. The second step, though, is going to be the bigger problem. The bigger, I guess, the bigger hurdle for Florida State is, the same reason Florida State, if they wanted to cheat, couldn't pay players as much as maybe some of these schools in the SEC that want to cheat is because you just don't have necessarily that many boosters and businesses who are going to pour in the money uh, to do it. Now, I think it, the gap can be closer closer than what it looks like right now. I don't think it's as desperate as it looks. Um, but, I, but yeah, I mean, if Texas or Texas A&M or Oklahoma or those schools with that oil money want to pay players or Alabama – a million dollars a year, I don't know that a school like Florida State's ever going to have the infrastructure to do that. I just don't see that happening. And not many will. Right. You know, Florida, well, State's, we... Florida State's on the bigger boat in that arena. There's only about 10 that would care enough or have enough money to, to pay those types of salaries. That's the key. I said it on yesterday's Jeff Cameron show just for giggles. I said if this all becomes about solely money, and who's decided to invest uh, their endless cachet of money into buying the best players and creating a system by which they have an annual recruiting class that is better than everybody else's, well, then nobody's ever going to beat Stanford or Harvard or Notre Dame again because right. all of them have more money than everybody we just named. And Imagine Harvard, if, Harvard, if Harvard became a powerhouse. Which, legitimately, they'd have to care to do it, but, I mean, well, and they don't. And here's the, the reason – Florida State and a lot of schools in their position need this to go to a different structure overall is because those SEC SEC schools and the Big Ten schools make so much money from their TV deals now Mm -hmm. that they can tell their boosters to not, hey, instead of giving us $2 million, give it to NIL deals. Whereas a school like Florida State and the ACC, the payout is so much less from TV, they need all of that money to go towards the program. So that's, again, that's where these – it's not just – how much money is, is flowing uh, into those schools just in general, but specifically because 
ESPN's paying those SEC schools so much more money than they're paying the ACC schools. They can divert that money to NIL instead of having it go directly to the players. So it's 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 a it's a problem. There's no doubt about. It. I mean, we, there's no way there's no way around it. It's going to be a problem for a lot of schools. And that money gap has been a problem for a while. Not just with players. It's just it's facilities, coaching salaries, uh, control analysts. It's been a problem for a while now. But now, but before, you know, Jimbo made this comment. Before those schools had to do it under the table. They yeah. had to do it through nefarious means or whatever. You know, against the rules. But now, literally, if you've got a booster who, who wants to give a million dollars to school, and you just say, no, man, just put it towards a couple of offensive linemen, well, they can do that. Eric writes, happy New Year's, gentlemen. The three of you always seem to have a good time together on air. Insightful, humorous at times while still being professional. Honest question, has there ever been a time where two of you wanted the other to do something that they just didn't want to do? So much so that they took off their shirt threw it in the air, and threatened to quit in the middle of the broadcast? If the answer is no, which it clearly is since none of you are Antonio Brown, what line would have to be crossed to elicit such a reaction? <laughs> I, I've never been a big fan. We did it forever. Was the uh, the early morning shows? I was always almost Antonio Brown did a few times. Like, oh, let's just do it at 8 in the morning. Oh, awesome. Whose idea is that? Um, but, yeah. But that, that's the only one. That, I can't that think of anything else. That would have been great if you just tore off your clothes and stormed off in your skivvies. What, did, what were you thinking, Jeff, in that moment? I mean, look, I know you weren't a big fan of it. You and Tom were not a big fan of Antonio Brown signing. No. But, but he did help you win a, world, a, a national championship or world championship, whatever you call it in the NFL. A Super Bowl. national championship. Neither, neither one of those. He helped you win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so when you watch that unfold, I mean, what was your thought? what was your thought in the moment? I thought, well, there's that's the end of Antonio Brown in Tampa. I mean, I I couldn't have predicted that he would take off his shoulder pads and his shirt and do jumping jacks in the end zone mid-game, but I certainly did first guess that at some point this would end badly because it always has everywhere Antonio Brown has ever been. He's never had a satisfying departure from the organization or his teammate's standpoint uh, because he's insane. And, you know, we can get in, well, and, and sometimes worse than that. So, you know, I, I knew there would be a balance between understanding that, uh, hey, your team gets hurt because he's a unique talent. There's no doubt about that. But also you had to know eventually this was going to happen because it always does. And, you know, I heard a lot of people say it yesterday. I even mentioned that I'm not going to dance on a guy's grave. Obviously he's mentally ill, but you don't have to tolerate it. You don't have to give a guy 47 chances to, to make sure he takes his meds. Let's go. You've got money. You have resources. Go get the help you need because you're obviously freaking insane. What that are you going to do? Uh, that was what classic. You? That was yeah. I think I, I don't know if I was on the side of the road at that moment. No, I, I was uh, I was not. I, was, I came back on Monday. But I, I didn't see the – I wasn't watching the game, but I just saw it on Twitter in all the different camera angles. That's the great thing about this era that we yeah. live in where you've got 40 different cameramen, camera women yeah. – in the stands with their phones, uh, shooting all the different vantage points of him. Uh. I actually did. I, I'll tell you what I did. I was watching it live when it happened. I was kind of confused about who was over there. And then I realized it was Antonio Brown. And I can't say as a surprise, I turned to my son. And I go, well, he's gone. And he said something to me along the lines of, you sure they'll cut him? I'm like, yep, pretty sure this is a cuttable offense. I, I don't think you're going to come back from this one, my man. <laughs> Quitting mid-game and, and doing jumping jacks in the end zone while, while your offense is on the field, 
Not a good idea. And that's uh, a wrap on his career. I mean, it's, there's I would not, think. yeah, there's no NFL team. And I know we're all cynical about if you can play, they'll, they're interested. And of course, literally, as Brady's watching that highlight, he's like, oh, the Falcons could get him. I'm like, buddy, <laughs> you don't want any of this right now, man. He's just not, he's not sustainable. This isn't he's not stable. Yeah, he's not stable. Uh, so I, that's probably his end, end of his career. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, by the way, uh, uh, Mayan King writes correctly here in the chat. Salute to Mike Tomlin for somehow getting nine years out of that guy. You're right. Uh, I think everybody has learned subsequently that that was a minor miracle, and all and like none of the teammates that played with him uh, seem to have really uh, stepped up for him in Pittsburgh. They have subsequently. Brady has big time yeah. in Tampa, but none of the guys in Pittsburgh are like, oh yeah, it's real shame. They were like, well, it's about damn time. So. You know, I don't know. That must have been a nightmare. Uh, Robert writes, gentlemen, how are you feeling about the upcoming baseball team? Also, what do you think of the transfers? Love the show. I'm only going to say this about the upcoming baseball season. I've said it before on this show, and I talked to you guys about it. Uh, my oldest son played on the same Little League baseball team this year as David Ross's son. I was talking to David about baseball, about college baseball, pro baseball. It's just really cool to be able to sit there and have that conversation. And he said to me, because he knew I'd care, hey, man, do you realize what Florida State has from an arms standpoint? And I said, no, why? And he, I mean, I did, but not to the degree that he would. He said, well, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but he was saying that his scouts with the Cubs told him that Florida State might have the most MLB-ready arms in all the ACC and maybe top five in the country. That's a good sign. Yeah, can they hit and field? Well, they've tried to trans to change the roster because of yeah. that very thing. I mean, they've basically flipped the roster because they got tired of striking out 15 times a game. So put the ball in play and strike a bunch of people out is a good formula. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I'm ex I'm ex I'm more excited about this team than I was last year. I there were some guys on the team. I mean, look, I'm not gonna kill Nander DeSatis and and uh you know a couple of the guys that have been on the team for a few years, but just there was it was hard to get excited because you had seen so much, you had so much history. It's like we're talking about poor, with you know the guys in the portal. It, the fact that they're bringing in so many guys, some new transfers, some guys that have done it in other places, there is, seems to be a little bit more excited about this baseball team, in my opinion, than than I had going into last year. So I'm excited to see, and I know they're excited about it. So I do want to see it. I don't want to speak for Corey, but I will. So here's the deal. Like, we love watching Florida State baseball, and I've always been excited to go over there and watch them. But the last couple of years with all the swing and miss, beyond the norm of the modern game and the modern approach right. to hitting, it really got to be impossible. Yeah. And it, 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 it was brutal. I could, I could yeah. not enjoy watching Florida State baseball, not being an embittered fan or alumnus or anything else, just like literally I couldn't watch them. The games sucked. Even when they won, it was hideous. I couldn't do it because they couldn't hit the ball at all, at all. So I'm so relieved to hear that that's going to change this year. And then obviously I'm excited about the arms. I'm always excited to see if they can pitch. But when you hear some of the descriptors of some of the guys that they have, then you get really excited about the chance that they could win the ACC and go back to Omaha. Yeah, so it was tough. Like they, they, they were top five in the nation in strikeouts for their pitching staff. And they were also top five in the nation in strikeouts as an offense. So every game was 28 strikeouts total or 30 strikeouts or 27 strikeouts. Uh, especially in the ACC, you're facing real arms. Yeah. And they just didn't put the ball in play. So they, it could be a really tough watch. But, yeah, they're supposed to be able to put the ball in play and feel pick it up better. So let's hope they do.
Seminole headlines, headliner questions, all coming up next. Stay with us, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. All right, boys, back to questions. This time around, we'll head over to Twitter. It looks like, it writes Bush League, looks like the staff is addressing offensive line and wide receiver needs through the transfer portal. One area of concern I don't feel that was brought up on early signing day or since is linebacker. Where do we stand on improving this segment? I mean, they are looking at uh, the transfer from, uh, excuse me, from UCF, who uh, is uh, originally from Miami. Randy Shannon signed him at UCF. Had 100 tackles last year, and he's in the portal. Uh, looks like it. I mean, Miami, he may end up going to UM. He's a Miami kid, played at Miami Central, or Florida State certainly in the, in the, in the mix. They definitely want to get at least one linebacker, uh, but I don't think it's a position where they're going to go crazy and try to get two or three. I really think they're looking for the right fit at one linebacker. Plus, Leonard Warner could always move back. Good point, Corey. Good point. And he's coming back, so there you go. That's like getting another kid in the portal. Ira, let's expound further. Why are they not? hyper-focused on finding multiple linebackers because God knows they need it. I, I don't know that. I mean, I think they like, um, I mean, I think they like the one kid. Uh, what's his name? Uh, 20. Uh, Kalen Deloach? Kalen yeah. Deloach. Man, I just had a <laughs> mind freeze there. Well, it's not football season. It's once you fade away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, I think they like Kalen Deloach. Um, yeah, that's one. I, you know, I don't know, man. I don't think, I just don't. Gainer. I think when you look at their needs, I think in you know you've got Gainer. I think they'd love to get Gainer to a position where he could play more in the box as an inside linebacker. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. He is coming back this season, um, but I, you know, I just don't. I don't know, man. I just don't get the impression that they're. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't think they're going to go out and try to sign two or three linebackers. I think they're going to try to find one that, that really can fit in uh, with those guys, and then the guys they've got coming up who are behind them. Uh, I mean, they, look, man, they've got some. You know, they, they are going to sign a lot of guys in the portal. But I don't think they're going to, you know, they've got it, a lot of huge needs. I mean, they, they they already have six, I think, in. They've still got to hit defensive end. 
they may take a quarterback. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, maybe they will get two. I just don't think it's going to be more than maybe yeah, no, one. I'm not blaming you. I'm just questioning openly that decision if that's the route they go because I think their linebacker play is substandard, and I don't see a ton of hope on the horizon there, so not early on anyhow. Uh, so I would, I would hope, just hoping, that they do look uh, – towards having um, more than one that they sign here. Will Matthew Cleveland be a one and done, or do you think he's back next season, writes Bishop? I mean, right base. I mean, he obviously had a really nice game last time out. Uh, what do you have, 15 and 10 or 13 and 10? He was great. Yeah, 13 yeah. and 10. Um, and so he's got that ability. Coming into the year, he was the guy that I think people around the program thought if somebody was going to be a one and done, it might be him. Um, but he has, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, there hasn't been a ton of production. You know, people will say, oh, there wasn't a ton of production with Scotty Barnes either. Scotty Barnes was a little bit different le- level of in terms of his frame um, than maybe Matthew Cleveland is. But, but no, I mean, he's definitely got the ability. If it's not one and done, it'll probably be two and done. I mean, he's de- definitely a super talented kid that the NBA really is excited about. I'm, a, I'm of the opinion now that if you're draftable at all, and I assume Matthew Cleveland is draftable at some point, that you're going to go. So I just just assume this will be his, his only year and then hope – if you're a Florida state fan that he comes back. Although I don't know about that though, because in his situation, he is a guy that if he really develops, I mean, he could be a top seven pick top six, top yeah. seven pick. I don't know. It's one thing for Raekwon gray or somebody else like that. I don't know that they would ever get to that level, but oh, I'm not saying it'll be a smart level. decision. I'm just right. assuming that if they have a chance to be drafted, they'll, I mean, Malik Beasley, well, number one, he's by the way, Malik Beasley, if you played basketball with him on it, just, on a normal run in an I'd, open gym. I'd destroy him. Well, I know you would. You just back him down and say, get right. some of this. Right. He is the most athletic person. I've One of the most athletic people I've ever seen in a building. He is an athletic freak, a marvel. And in the NBA, he's just a standstill corner shooter. It's just crazy. Like his, his athleticism doesn't even like get uh, highlighted in the NBA because they're all like him. It's just nuts. I was just thinking about that the other day when I was watching him. He, he went into the paint and then kind of backed out instead of going up for a shot because he thought he'd get it blocked. I'm like, man, you're one of the top 0.01% of athletes in the world. And he's not, you know, he's still not good enough. He's not athletic enough against some of those guys. To stand yeah, out athletically. Yeah, yeah, he's he's ordinary. You're correct. Yeah, but, but he's insanity if you played him in a real gym. You'd be like, what is this? By the way, FSU at Wake Forest, 7 o'clock tonight. That's at the Lawrence Joel Coliseum in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, that will be on, if you've got Xfinity Cable, 401. You'll be able to watch that, by the way. For sure, because it doesn't, on the, on, the, on the scroll, on the guide, it looks like it's hockey. So mm. people are a little I think, concerned. I think it's, it's going to be on. I would What's tune up? in. I think it's going to be right. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to be all right. Also, uh, can you name the all-time series record there, Corey, against uh, Wake Forest? Oh, uh, 30, 18 and 31. Florida State is 29 up and 25 down. Oh, all right. Not, yeah, I guess they've won a boatload here recently, haven't they, after the Chris Paul years? They've won 13 of the last 15. Wake yeah. Forest wants none of this. It's been right. one ass kicking after the other, Corey. You besmirched this program again. That's my fault. Goodness gracious, sir. It's lopsided even. Uh, let's go back to this. Um, <laughs> I got to meet the legend Ira Chaffel at one of Tallahassee's fine gas stations on Christmas Eve. Oh, boy. Super nice guy, writes Catwalker. As he was filling up his big gulp, 
I wondered what the go-to gas station purchase was for the headlines trio for road trips. Cat goes on to mention that he loves beef jerky. So the best part about that was, and I'm assuming his name's not really Cat Walker, but maybe it is. Um, but anyway, was the fact that he, uh, as we're walking in, he goes, would Corey be seen at this uh, gas station? <laughs> or would he be scared? Yeah, and I was like, uh, no, there's no way in hell. This was, is it way- was it night? Was it night? It was daytime, but you know, man, it was, it was about it was, to be dark, Corey. You'd have to get home. Yeah, it was absolutely. one of those gas stations with a with a shape in its uh, logo, and yeah, I know that's not up to your high standards, so no, you wouldn't. It, have been there. And it shouldn't be up to any of y'all's high standards. We deserve better in the fair city of <laughs> Tallahassee, Florida, than what they give us gas station wise. Um, as far as best snack, man, that's a t- I'm you know prepackaged guy. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big. Uh, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever gotten boiled peanuts from a gas station. I've seen them before. I don't think well, I'm ready to make that. Well, that's not your go-to move. then. What do you no. get? You usually get your just your your big gulp or whatever that thing is called. Yeah, usually that. If I'm on the road though, if I've got to get a snack, maybe a zero bar or a whatchamacallit. Those are my two candy bars that are uh, that hit the spot. The rare zero bar reference going strong on a zero bar. Wow. I've been it. on a uh, since COVID, I've been on a Cheetos kick, which are good for you too, I think. That's what I like most yeah. about them. They're good for you. They're good for you. Especially your- as it pertains to combating COVID. I think yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah the antidotes yeah. in there um so cheetos and then yeah you diet pepsi diet coke something like that but usually cheetos and if i'm gonna go sweets it's reese's sticks yeah i uh i'm gonna be a snooty ass here oh I, i'll if they have lettuce i'll get some lettuce no, if, I, if, I, if, I don't eat any I don't eat food at a gas station. If, I don't. If, if Whole Foods opens up along I-75, then Jeff Cameron might actually yeah. be able to eat. Otherwise, Otherwise, he's going to just swallow his own spit <laughs> until just, he gets to where he's going. I, I, I would buy, you know, I might buy a drink. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But he, he's talking about a go-to snack. A drink's not a snack. And no, man, I'm not getting anything from a gas station. I'm not. I'm not. When's the last time you had a Little Debbie? I was probably in high school. Oh, you're missing out, Jeff. Well, I, I, guess I, I haven't had a little Debbie since the Christmas tree. Either. Little Debbie, you can't have one of those. No, you only, people, you only live once. Hey, so you get a little uh, fake cream and coloring in your diet. Warchant TV did note that I did get sandwiches at the Pan. Those are handmade, and I would tell you something about the fine folks at the Pan. They make their own bread. That's they make a their lie. Own... No, true story. True story. The pan on Capitol Circle, the specific couple that owns it, are the most wonderful people ever. They should pay me because this is – I'm not – they don't endorse it. They, they should pay us. They, they make – they do. They make uh, They make nice. their own bread and they make they're sandwiches. Nice. They're nice people. I've been in that, that, that gas station as well. I just don't know. They got a bakery back there? I mean, come They on. make was... their own bread, Ira. I'm yeah. telling you. And if you don't believe me, go get a sandwich tomorrow from there. And I'm, it's life-changing. They're really good. Now, at Circle K, they make their own bullets. So, <laughs> most gas. Am I allowed stations, to say that? Yeah, no, most gas no. stations. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Byron writes. I knew the NIL would change the game, but hearing that Jimbo and Texas A&M threw around somewhere between twenty and thirty million for this recruiting class, well, that sounds insane. How do we compete against that? Well, I don't know that they did that. Did you see the? Did you see the post on the message boards? There was a. It went viral yesterday on social media because a guy. Posted on, I don't know if it's Orange Bloods or one of the other message boards, it, uh, one of Texas A&M rivals, uh, who said he's he works on the staff at, at one of the schools, and he was he kind of outlined how Texas A&M has got this class that they've got, 
and basically was like he they put together this plan as soon as it became legal to do nil where they basically assign this is a guy i mean it's an anonymous message board who knows if and it's, it's on orange bloods by the way so no doubt but, they're real pleased with texas a&m yeah. right now but but it's it's it seems feasible just because of the class that they put together but basically okay. they assigned they had like this whole plan where they assigned recruits to boosters to set up on nil deals and the only reason i think it's funny is because we had just had this conversation in our last show before the break about this recruiting class Texas A&M's put together the first year that NIL is in existence, they've got this recruiting class. Did you guys watch the Under Armour uh, All-America? I'm sure you guys did. I, I'm not even going to ask. I know you guys watched the Under Armour Yeah, man, I've watched it game. twice. Yeah. I, half of the players in that game are, t- are Texas A&M signees. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's they've got like the number one or two or three defensive linemen, linebacker, receivers, running. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's insane what this class is. Just so happens to be the first year of the NIL era. So good, good work, Jimbo. Congratulations. It's, well, they uh, didn't get the number one player in the country. He didn't go to Texas. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But that class is going to go down as the greatest signing class in the history of college football. It's it doesn't count. Doesn't count. To, the, the, to, to, go ten, thought, to go to go to go ten and three every year. Well, I think at some point you could accidentally win the national yeah. championship if he's going to sign that class every no year. No question. No question. I yeah, mean, it's no, just it's ridiculous. Uh, Andrew writes, win expectations for next year, guys, as in number of wins. Eight. Mm. I think if they're, I think if they're less than you eight, I'll win be... over, you got you rock, rocking that win over LSU there, Corey, early? Oh, man, I ain't scared of that team. Why would you be? You don't know who their quarterback's going to be. It's going to be the Miles Brennan kid. First-year coach, first-year coordinator, come on. Um, I mean, look, at some point, growing a a program matters, and I don't think you could look at this roster when it's all said and done, assuming they get what they get, what they need to do on the defense. Like, if they don't make any more transfer portal hits, then cut my number by two. But I I do think they're going to get better on the defense um, through the transfer portal. And, yeah, I don't think there's any reason. The whole offense comes back. Um, you got better at wide receiver. You should be better on the offensive line. Your quarterback's now started 15 games in his career. Yeah, I think you should. I think eight wins is certainly within I mean, a reason. You look at the team you saw over the last seven, eight weeks, you know, they won five of the last eight games. Um, I really feel like that's the team they probably could have been for the entire year, except for the whole quarterback. Just They had a hard time figuring that situation out and they had a couple injuries on the offensive line early. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a team that should be able to compete in every game. They didn't get blown out much this season, which was a huge step from the last two seasons. And uh, yeah, the last three seasons, really. And um, yeah, so I, I think it, they need to be in that ballpark of seven, eight wins. I mean, it, it, they're it's year three. I mean, I, yeah. I know they lost some and I know you can't, I know Jeff, you've been saying all along that this roster still isn't where it needs to be. And this is still a process. And I get that, but people also do need to see some results. I mean, they, they have to start winning more games uh, than they're losing. And they, were, and they were that far off this year. Like five right. of their losses were to 10-win teams or better. Uh, well, if you count NC State, NC State is a 10-win team. Well, they are. They're counting it. Hey, you can't play. That's our win. That's our dub. Yeah. We're 10 wins. But, you know, five of their losses were to 10-win teams. Uh, three of them were to 11-win teams. Or two of them were to 11-win teams. So in those games weren't blowouts. Later on, we'll get into if we want to have fun with percentages. I mean, obviously, we would say a hundred percent chance they beat Duquesne. The Dukes aren't rolling into Doke, folks, and getting a win there. So I'll, I'll give them a win there. But it does get interesting because you're at a conference. Of course, you have Florida, uh, which you, which you always have, and and you do play them in Tallahassee. But 
Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns don't suck at all. And, of course, you have LSU as well at a conference. And I don't know, man. I Well, the nice thing there, though, you do – I mean, not nice thing, but I, Louisiana is having a coaching change. They're hiring from within, but yeah. uh, Napier left. They also have to replace their quarterback, I believe, who was a stud. Um, and there's there's a lot of these teams, especially in the non-conference schedule, that are, are – you know, Florida's going to have probably a new quarterback. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but they have a new head coach. Uh, Miami's got a new quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of transition uh, for a lot of the teams they're playing. So again, man, if Jordan Travis takes another step and becomes the guy they think he is, I think you know it's unfortunate. The LSU, outside, yeah, it's unfortunate the game the LSU games in New Orleans <clears throat> because I do think Florida State's in a better position right now than where LSU might be uh, from a big picture standpoint with the coaching change and some of the guys are leaving their program. Uh, but it will be in New Orleans. It'll be a road game. Yeah, I, I go back to what we talked about. The bottom line here is you got no chance to to win seven or eight games if you don't get this defensive line bolstered. So it's all about this transfer portal. You better you better get some guys in like you did last year. Yeah. Pierre Thomas and Jermaine Thomas changed everything about who Florida State was. So if they don't get something, maybe not akin to that, but something close, they're going to have a hard time getting stops because they're not great at linebacker and they won't have the depth or talent up front. And so that that you know, listen, that's that's I'm going to be it's watching. Why, it's it. why these questions are hard to answer January fourth in the new world of college football. We have no yeah. idea what this roster will look like two weeks from now, much less eight months from now. So that's why, or or what LSU will look like, or what Miami or Clemson will look like. We just have we have no idea right now. Uh, by the way, before we break, don't forget Horizons Bar and Grill. If you're here in Tallahassee, you want to swing on by and get yourself some tasty goodness. It's been too long since I've been there with the holiday break and traveling and all that. I'm beginning to miss it, quite literally miss it. I can't wait to go there. Maybe later in the week as we get towards Friday, get a nice cold beer. They've got a good selection of Florida brews as well as others outside the state. And then, of course, you could belly up to a nice bar with four big televisions right there. And then, of course, you go sit in the booth. They had televisions everywhere, yeah. so you got the games on. You're not going to miss anything. And then the food is fantastic. I already talked about the 30A with the chicken and also the what you would call it, Springs chicken is good, too. We'll call it Springs chicken, whatever yes. the hell that's called. That's delicious. Uh, I also get the shrimp. So there's so many choices. We want to thank our friends at Horizons and uh, remind you, since you guys are, many of you, watching or listening on 93.3, uh, here in town, just to swing on over and get yourself some food to go. Yeah, it might be a good place to watch the Georgia National Championship game, too, on Monday night. Just Big throwing win. that out there. Is that where Big the uh, Tallahassee chapter of the Georgia uh, Alumni Club is meeting? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, and I don't know if I'm uh, actually available to go out and watch. I don't know if that's in with my window of uh, the new CDC yeah. guidelines. So um, Ira and I will go together in your honor, Corey, and we'll wear Georgia gear and cheer wildly. The oh, one, thing we won't, one thing we won't do is watch a team get up 17 to nothing and say, well, we got no shot. Got no shot. Because right. that's what you would do. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, if Georgia's up 17 nothing, I'm going to stop watching the game. <laughs> There's no point. There's no enjoyment of that at all. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV continues in a moment. How you doing there, podcasters? Good, good to hear it. Listen, if you're <laughs> if you're wondering, uh, for you know, for a good place to eat, watch a game, have a cold beer, enjoy a lot of choices, we suggest Horizons Bar and Grill. Maybe even run into us. You could might happen. see us. Could you and I, especially. Yes, I or, mean I'm there once a week. I think when I'm in town, I'm there. Stephanie and I are there. Great place, cold beer, hot women, 
everything you want in a uh, – I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, so no, it's or okay. Hot beer and cold women. It's <laughs> Whatever you're into. I, I, like, I like the good-looking ladies, too. That's sure, all right. But, but even if that's uh, not your thing, I'll be there. I'm a good-looking guy. And we would all agree, great food. Legitimately good food. The most important part of this ad is the great food. It's great food. They got TV, sports bar. They got the vibe, but beer, food, everything you could want. And most importantly, again – other than uh, the food, is that there is at least, I'd say, a 35% chance one of us would be there. And you get the mac and cheese bites. And you can get those shrimp tacos, which yeah. are the king. Uh, you get the, you've gotten healthy on me lately. You I get, eat the hummus. You eat the, I hummus. Get the hummus. Who eats really that? Good. He I, does. At Horizons I, I, Bar I know I like hummus. Maybe I go. don't, but Horizons got some great hummus. But you look for them on their website. You can see their happy hour specials. Uh, it's just a great place to hang out. And it's and if you want to like a little upscale dinner, you yeah. can go in there for that as well. It's at Bannerman Crossing at the... Uh, Right off of Thomasville Road and Bannerman, uh, up there on the northeast Tallahassee. Tell them headlines sent you. Well, the important thing is support the people who help support Seminole Headlines. That's Horizons Bar and Grill. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. It's a long one for you, Corey. Gordon writes, Happy New Year's, fellas. My resolution is to stop yelling at the media display in my car as I drive around listening to the Seminole Headlines podcast days later and actually address issues that are unresolved. With that in mind, I want to commend Jeff for attempting to explain the Gasparilla theme to Corey. To Corey, it's not a boat parade. It's a pirate invasion. Historically, pirates did not float up and down rivers when they pillaged a seaside village. They docked their vessels, stormed ashore, and wreaked havoc on land. That's why ye mystic crew of Gasparilla doesn't float up and down the Hillsborough River in the manner you saw the Lightning and the Bucks celebrating their championships. On the morning of the Gasparilla Festival, the replica pirate ship loaded with drunken rich guys dressed as pirates sails into Tampa Bay and docks along a wharf on Bayshore Boulevard. Then the pirate crew storms off to City Hall, where the mayor surrenders the key to the city to Jose Gaspar, the fictional pirate skipper. At that point, the huge festival parade through, parades through the streets of downtown Tampa, and uh, fun ensues, beer, beads, breasts, public urination, and all the rest. There you go. So basically the dumbest tradition I've ever heard of. That's not I mean, true at all. What are we doing? It was <clears throat> when we were uh, enjoying our vacation on Lake Lanier, Corey. And <clears throat> I got back safely. We made it back. We were not good. Uh, good. That's Camp Crystal Lake for those but, that don't know. Lake but, Lanier basically is. There was a, there was a, we went back out on the dock. We went on the dock in, at night one night just to kind of enjoy the night evening. And, and, uh, did you hear was, some screams? No, but there was a little boat in the water with, you know, a couple of lights. So they were low key. I guess they were doing some fishing, I'm guessing. But I, I, uh, said, <laughs> I was suggesting that maybe we should become pirates and take their boat from them. Mm. And oh, then, nice. And then I thought, well, wait, what if they already are pirates on this boat? And then we roll up on them to be pirates of their boat, but they already are pirates. 
Maybe yeah. I'd be better equipped at being pirates than us. But I was thinking about the whole Casparillo. I don't feel like pirates had those kind of thoughts. I just think they went. Well, uh, see, that's I, I just don't like celebrating pirates like Tampa does. Apparently, you guys love pirates. Well, we, they're yes, pillaging. It, it, it is a port city. It is a, a celebration of uh, of the state's uh, unique geographic principle. Yes, that's it's correct. But is I a also, buccaneer another name for a pirate? Yeah, buccaneers are swashbucklers. They're pirate pirates. Yes. So they're are, they're they're uh, lawbreakers. Have you seen yes. their, you seen their stadium? They're also champions. Yeah, you're right. It's a lot of lot of lot of lawbreakers in that stadium. I can promise you. <laughs> hey, oh. real quick, um, Tom no Orton. Tom Orton mentioned in the chat uh, with defensive end. We probably should have brought this up. Dennis Briggs, uh, Adam Fuller said on signing day that uh, they're looking at the possibility of Dennis Briggs moving back to defensive end. He spent the last year and a half at defensive tackle. He originally started as a defensive end. What are your guys' thoughts about that move? Do you could you see him? Uh, you know, obviously he's not going to be a 10, 12 sack guy at defensive end, but he's a really nice football football player. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a good move? And do you think that does that allay any of your concerns about defensive end? Assuming they've got Lovett and Cooper and some of those other guys at defensive tackle. You said it right. He's a great football, very good football, football player, player, an emerging, very, very good football player. He's tough. He's quick. His first step, I like him a lot. So I'm not going to say he can't do something. Um, it, it doesn't completely allay my fears. Uh, but yes, I, I, I don't. He could be a part of the solution. He, he could, could be part, part of your solution. Yes. Well, I mean, he is one way or the other. He'll be playing for you next year. Wherever he's lining up, he'll get he'll get valuable snaps. But. I don't think that's going to be no, like Jeff said, that's not allaying anything because you still need some. You, you're losing 20 sacks from your two starting defensive yeah. ends. You got to find, you know, you're not going to be able to replace all those, maybe, but you can replace a good portion of them if you go make the right finds in the portal. Uh, Alejandro writes: We said that Texas and Texas A&M could not just throw money at a problem, but now they might be literally throwing money at the problem and recruits. Will this change our minds? I think Jimbo just showed what this recruiting and oil money can really do. Uh, and then he wants to know if we think na- they can win a national championship. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely, if you, yeah. If you sign the best class of the country three years in a row, let's say, yeah, you got a good shot. <laughs> now, some of those guys that you signed in year one that aren't playing in year three will be going somewhere else, but you're, you're still signing great classes. And, yeah. That's what gives me pause. I mentioned it in the last show, I think. That's what gives me pause about Miami. Is like, now that this is out there, like, getting players, acquiring players has always been the number one most important thing in college sports, period. Well, in sports in general. Get the best players. You got the best chance to win. Miami's had a real hard time getting the best players the last 20 years. Well, if all of a sudden you got money to throw at them to come play at your institution, it doesn't matter that they play 45 minutes away. It doesn't matter that they have a IPF that's 50 yards long and the facilities aren't up to snuff. They're getting paid. So that the player acquisition is the most important well, thing, and that makes me think that, you know, I, I've always written off Miami, but this new world order kind of makes me think that, yeah, if they if they got somebody that can pay these the guys. Only, the, only then, thing yeah. the only thing I'd say, just having grown up in Miami, my belief is, that the people that are putting up that money right now that are talking the big game that brought in Cristobal, that brought in Radakovich as the AD, that's they're they're gonna want to see a return very quickly. The difference between the culture of Miami, the University of Miami, and also just living in Miami, it's a it's a front runner town. It is it, that's not putting them down, it's just reality because it's a transient market. It's not like an SEC school where those people, because their daddy and their granddaddy and their 
they all went to school there. Their mama, they, their grandmama. Mima. They were going to put in all that money <laughs> because that's what their family has always done. And even if they don't see results, they're going to keep pouring in that money. Miami's different, man. That's a different place. It's a different culture down there. If they don't see returns pretty quickly, you're not going to see those people just writing checks year after year after year, in my opinion, the way you do it these SEC schools. So they better hit it right now while those people are ponying. Plus, most of the Coke money doesn't even come through Miami anymore, does it, Ira? Is it, I mean, is it coming through Texas now? We have more Twitter questions, Chef. We have more Twitter <laughs> questions. Uh, there are reports that Register Sausage could have stepped up in the NIL game if it had not been for the hefty price yeah. to advertise on Seminole headlines, would you fellas care to comment on that? No, no comment from no I mean, comment at all. Other than we we're going to get ours. And, it's, and, uh, and I do think, uh, yeah. And I think, I think Ben, I think Ben wants to be involved in, in the NIL game. So that let's not shut the door on that. Uh, yeah, we've been term. so good for registers that they can afford right. to pay us our hefty salary. Well, I, I and also. We're the loss leader. Yeah, yeah, and also go out and be a part of NIL now. So when Ben starts doing that, most of the people on these board, on the WarChamp boards or that are on our Twitter accounts are certainly asking questions in the chat, ought to begin by thanking us. Right, right. It, it yeah. should all start, before any question, it ought to be like, gentlemen, as always, thank you so much for everything that you do. And then they could ask the next question if they wanted, but that's that's how that's how it has to go. If Caleb Williams came to Florida State, could he wear like registers on his jersey? Could he have the registers uh, the sure pig right there, the emblem on his jersey? I don't think they'd let him put it on the jersey. On his oh, may, oh all right, may shoes something. Where are they going to find him? FSU two times. Kids. FSU two times wants to know which of the three of you disappointed your wife slash girlfriend with their Christmas gift. Now, my question to you is, my wife or my girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, which two one? Thanks, guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So for needs specific, yeah. Okay. Um, How'd you guys do? How'd you guys do with the gift department? You, I uh, crushed it. I bought Stephanie some golf clubs, brand new set of golf go. clubs. Nice. So she's really fired up about that. She, and by uh, the way, she quilted me a blanket, an awesome World Series blanket with all these pictures of me and Brady from the games, uh, box scores. Oh, well, I, that I, is I, an awesome it's a, it's a really cool present. It was really nice of her to do that. Very that cool. Much more thoughtful maybe than my golf clubs, but yeah. mine costs well, a lot of money. You're a guy who values things, and she values experiences and relationships. So it, it kind of it stands it works, out. doesn't it? But I think, I think she appreciates the golf clubs more than anything you could have handcrafted. No offense, Corey. But true, yeah. true. Could you uh, handcraft anything, Corey? Oh, I can handcraft something. <laughs> I served it up, and he was too much of a sucker. He just jumped right in. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it's my COVID brain, man. I'm just gonna blame it on. COVID. Oh man, y'all didn't even answer. Did y'all even get good gifts? Did y'all? Did. did y'all knock it yeah, out? Kim was happy with. Uh, yeah, Kim was very happy with what uh, what we got her. I'm not gonna go into all the details. It wasn't golf clubs. But uh, no, she was really happy with uh, the gifts. That we got. I too will not go into all the details, but I, I it was a slam dunk. It was great. It was fantastic. Awesome. I was great. I was I'm I was glad. very happy. Uh, I don't know when he's going to have to point to me. I can't tell. I don't know how much longer we have. Are we done? We're done. He's taking. He's shaking his head. Yes, we're done. We're for done? Ira, for, yeah, we're done. For Ira, for Corey, I'm Jeff. Thanks for watching, everybody. Be well. Have a great night. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace. Mm -hmm.